from the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia to around the globe. You're listening to Shark Bite Biz, your exclusive place for business strategy, sales, marketing, and tech in the roaring 20s. And now, here's your host, David Strausser. Welcome to another episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your glamorous host, David Strausser, and this is your place to learn how to grow a business during complete chaos. We've got an incredible show for you all today talking about digital transformation. And when it comes down to it, digital transformation means different things to different people. And it's really just a topic that we've talked about a number of times on this show. Today's guest is a company that specializes in helping you execute that digital transformation and make the process easier. Automation is a tool that will make your employees love you. Most of your employees have tasks that, let's put it lightly, they're not big fans of. Using tools, whether it's a simple integration or it's something like I sell with Vision 33, we do SAP Business One, we do Sage Intact, and both of those are kind of like full blown small business ERP platforms that bring every aspect of your business into one real-time live platform. Okay, so whether you're talking about that, the whole shebang, or you're talking about something easier, just integrations and process flow automation, technology is there to help you. It's not there. It's not meant to replace jobs, but instead enable your employees to do more, allowing your business to run more efficiently. So who's today's guest? A good friend of mine. Michael Dayot. Michael Dayot is an entrepreneur who is passionate about technology, innovation, and leadership. He is the founder and CEO of Vices LLC, a digital agency focused on enhancing the customer experience and increasing operational efficiency through digital transformation. We accomplish that by leveraging web, mobile, and BI, that's business intelligence, technologies, through our expert developmental team. So without further ado, let's bring my buddy, Michael Dale on in here. Business strategy. Michael, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, just became Shark Bait. Thanks, David. It's great to see you and to be with you. Yeah, again, second time is the charm, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, we, we recorded a whole interview before and it was Awesome. Hopefully we can live up to the same expectations of the previous interview, but Zoom had some kind of weird green filter on me and it just didn't work. I'm sure everybody out there didn't want to see a green David Strausser. So I was like, okay, as good as this is, let's just redo it. And uh, thank you. Michael was so gracious enough to come back on here and make sure that we get a top quality interview for everybody. So as you remember from the first time you were here, okay, very first question is always a loaded question. What's your experience? What's your background? What's your subject matter expertise? What makes Michael, Michael? Oh, good question. 
Well, so I've been involved in technology since I was 13 years old when uh, the early PCs came out and uh, mm -hmm. just loved programming, everything to do around software in general. And, uh, and I, that coupled with innovation um, really uh, drives me um, in technology because with right. a good amount of innovation, you could really do some amazing things with software. And so oh, yeah. I... Background point of view. I. Uh, I mean, just to add on to that, I, what you're yeah. saying, like the you could do anything with software. I mean, it's literally the scenario. If you dream it, you can build it. Yeah, pretty much. software is so powerful, right? So, I like I said, I started programming when I was 13. I um, got a degree in electrical and computer engineering, which was both hardware and software. But I always graduate um, gravitated towards software, and right. just because it's just it's like solving puzzles and having a positive impact on people. Um, hey, you know, that's so, interesting because one article that I read is I like software, but I like hardware startups and stuff like that. And I was reading that hardware software, uh, hardware startups aren't usually as successful as software ones. And most of the people that go into engineering go into the software side of things now. Absolutely. I mean, with software, it's endless, right? Um, mm -hmm. I worked uh, right out of school. I worked at uh, General Motors in the, uh, you know, we we're working on the future coming out in five, six, seven years. And I, as an engineer, I did both hardware and software. Once mm -hmm. you get your board ready with the hardware, then, you know, a lot of the work happens and continues to happen in the software with updates and improvements. Mm -hmm. So the, the hardware piece is super important because without it, you can't run the software. But once right. that's set, you could do some amazing things with the software and, you know, Got me to uh, do a bunch of programming on GM's first electric vehicle, the EV, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, so I continued down the software path and uh, started Vices LLC um, about uh, five years out of college. And uh, it's been a fun ride uh, having a positive impact on companies with uh, software development solutions. Right. So, oh, and yeah, more recently with digital transformation. Yeah, yeah, I think that's one of the big keys why we have you on here because digital transformation is a word right now that I think's thrown around a lot. It's overused and there's so many different definitions of what digital transformation is. So let's ask you, what is your definition of digital transformation? Great question. My definition comes down to two things, right? Digital transformation, from my perspective, is about operational efficiency mm -hmm. and enhancing customer engagement. Wow. If you focus on those pieces, um, digital transformation can have a huge impact on each one of them. In some areas where you do a digital transformation, it's primarily focused on operational efficiency. In other areas, it's on customer engagement and can go after pillars with a solution and then really have a positive impact because with operational efficiency, you're lowering your costs. With enhanced customer engagement, you should be increasing your revenue. And so if you can yep. increase revenue and lower costs, that's a really good company. In the operational efficiency, would you consider things like going paperless and stuff like that part of that? Or is that something outside of that box? 100%. I mean, that's like the fundamental. If you're starting paper, I mean, that's like a very low bar mm -hmm. to... Uh, to go after and um, digitize things and transform to technical solutions. Mm 
where I've seen a lot of great opportunities and unfortunately many of them are left on the table and not being used is that a lot of companies adopted cloud systems or even internal systems, but many of those systems have APIs. Right. And a lot of people don't leverage those APIs to interconnect those uh, systems and have them exchange data. So there, yeah. there's a lot of yeah. money being left on the table in terms of efficiency by not tapping into those APIs within those systems. You know, I think startups really, really started getting big. I, I think to where it was pretty common. Yeah, everybody's in a startup. It was probably, I, I'd say like 2000, uh, 2010 afterwards there is when I noticed it in my life that that there's a, a huge startup community, startup events. You know, I think a lot more than was before 2010. But once you start looking at the, the startups that are post-2010, you had a lot of companies that were making small niche, best of breed uh, products, software solutions and stuff like that, that I really saw. And what I saw with a lot of the companies that I was working with then, just because of the mentality, oh, I don't want to buy an SAP product. I don't want an Oracle or Microsoft product because they're just too big for us, too complicated. I'd rather get this software solution that fills this gap. I want this one for this gap. And in their mind, they were kind of piecemealing a lot of the software solutions, but they actually don't have them all connected. So everybody has data silos, double, triple data entry. I mean, do you think that's kind of an accurate view with that? Absolutely. And I think this is where digital transformation comes into play to give the competitive advantage, right? So if you take a group of companies that are in the same industry, there's a high likelihood, uh, uh, the majority, not all the systems, but the majority of systems are the ones their competitors are using, right? So, right. you know, I've got an accounting system or whatever, an ERP, some other product management system. Typically they're about the same in that um, industry. And so the only differentiator competitive wise between these uh, uh, companies is probably their product or service. But right. if, they were taking, um, if they were to take a step back and look at the systems that they have and begin integrating data points between each other to get a holistic picture or automate processes between these systems that don't talk to each other, the box, mm -hmm. they begin gaining a competitive advantage over their uh, competitors because they become a lot more efficient. And so now their competitive advantage is not just their product or service, but the way they're leveraging technology for themselves internally from an operations point of view. And then they can oh, yeah. augment that competitive advantage by unlocking the data behind the scenes to provide it to their customers, perhaps through a portal for customers mm -hmm. to make better decisions, to order more frequently, to ask questions, to open up tickets, all kinds of things that can happen. Yeah, I mean, it's really unlocking the key to be able to make powerful decisions off of real-time data and all that good stuff. So I guess let's just dig right into this. How does digital transformation really impact your customers then at a little bit of a deeper level? Yeah. I'll give you an example of a customer that we recently did a success story on. Um, it's a company that sells medical devices mm -hmm. and um, they have two main cloud systems to, right. um, 
to be able to handle orders and then they have a CRM and but their healthcare what uh, what can you mention what systems they were actually using yes uh, one system is called velocify okay like a CRM type and then the other one is called uh, bright tree and that's for the okay. healthcare uh, healthcare device mm -hmm. management uh, industry and right. so these two systems are in the cloud and they don't talk to you and so right. um, this company uh, sells CPAP machines to patients. And um, the, what was required to be able to do resupply orders because uh, patients needed supplies, mm -hmm. uh, required data from one system to be downloaded, to be massaged and uploaded into another system. So I right. think there were like eight different downloads from one of the systems. Then they had to be manually processed and then uploaded into the other. Well. That is a lot That's of manual hassle. labor. Right. Not only is it a hassle, it is a uh, limiter for growth mm -hmm. because there's it's only so much that you can do. It's a bottleneck. There's only mm -hmm. so much that you can process manually. And after a certain while, it just starts taking longer and longer. So um, mm -hmm. I you're essentially paying somebody to import that data, you know, at some level, maybe it's a full-time job, maybe it's a couple hours a week, but I mean, from an ROI perspective, what I don't get is I think some companies are just crazy as in, oh, they're like, oh, it's gonna cost me 20 grand to do this integration. And they kind of balk at it for some reason when it's like, dude, you're spending 15 hours a week, this employee, yeah importing stuff and you're going to do that forever. You're right, right here, 18 months, you break even with this. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that's a, it's super important to do in any digital transformation project is a business case, right? What, mm -hmm. How can we justify this automation, this integration, right? So we worked with our customer and they said, it costs us about 9,000 a year to do this job. Well, the automation and integration, so what we did are two things. We integrated the APIs between the two cloud systems, mm -hmm. but then we applied all the human rules that the person was, because they were not just uh, downloading and importing. Right. Um, they were actually you massaging the, the full data. Workflow. Full workflow with business logic and rules that they were applying themselves as, mm -hmm. uh, as a person doing the job. So we transcribed those into code so that mm -hmm. we automatically download the data. We would then apply all the business rules and logic and then upload it into another system. Well, right. that was not a cheap, um, it was around 50 or 60K, somewhere in that range. It's in our in the success story on our website if somebody wants to download it. Uh, it's under healthcare nationwide. Oh, I'll definitely, but, I'll have that link highlighted in the description as well too. Great. So it has all the details in there. But the idea was when we saw, okay, the solutions around that uh, cost, you could break even in about six months, right? right. And it pays for itself. But sometimes a solution may take a year or two to break even on. And what we have to consider or the customer has to consider is, well, is the lifespan of the solution going to be seven, eight years? Mm -hmm. If it's going to go beyond the ROI period of two years, then year three, four, five, six, everything is going to the bottom line in savings. But the intangible. Plus, more, there's more savings than just that, what you're speaking about with the physical money. One thing I think people overlook is happiness. By doing that and saving your employees the frustration, they're going to be happy for you. It can actually work on revenue generating 
task instead of uploading data? 100%. So the happiness factor is right on, David, because some of these routine tasks, monotonous tasks to do this with data every day, they also mm -hmm. become stress factors, right? Because why is that? Um, Mundane work. <laughs> well, not only that, when you're managing data manually, it can be error prone, right? Because you're doing everything oh, yeah. by hand. So not only is the process slow, but you can actually end up uh, putting a small batch of records as part of all of them that are uh, went in there wrong. You applied the wrong formula. You were tired, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And now you got to figure out, oh, well, what went wrong and why? Let me fix that. Right. So with automation and integration, you remove, uh, you pretty much eliminate errors unless there's a new kind of unforeseen record that you didn't have in your logic to handle, deal with. But otherwise, it's a machine. It's processing data. So if you give it yep. 10,000 yep. records or 50,000, it's still going to process them the same way each and every time. And to oh, your yeah. point, the intangible fit is not only of just reducing hard costs, and repurposing that role for something else. But in a lot of times, like right now, we're talking to the same customer about another automation piece where actually the person who's doing the work will be able to focus on revenue. So then right. you can increase revenue as well. And so now you have a double-edged sword. You're cutting costs, yep. but you're also increasing revenue with a small solution that will automate yeah, no, that that's pretty gnarly. And I really think that's how a lot of people and companies need to think about this. You're not replacing somebody's jobs with machines. You're doing something different. You're 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 basically bringing all that information in in a better format, automated, saving times so that it's going to be more accurate and more instantaneous. And then you're, you're, you're allowing your employee to focus on something that's going to produce something better for your company. You're not tying them up on doing these manual imports. And I think that's really critical to look at, too. Absolutely, because I think what happens with uh, some of these cases with the employees that get repurposed to do something else or focus on the core business mm -hmm the time that they were using to do a repetitive routine task gets turned into creative time of yeah. new ideas, how to improve the business. You can't automate that. You really need humans for that, right? Oh yeah, and definitely. So that's a massive benefit that comes out of this because, and to the yeah. to your point, people are happier then because they're, they're spending their creative juices on how to improve the business. So, I mean, I think you just brought up some really powerful points as far as how it can impact your customers. But with a company then, I mean, how do they begin with the digital transformation? I'm pretty sure that most people think it's got to start with IT, but it doesn't really have to be that way, does it? No, I think digital transformation in general really encompasses all departments within a company. You know, we mm -hmm. work with a lot of marketing departments on um, helping them be a lot more efficient with uh, marketing technology, right? In terms right. of... Uh, the way they do their business. So it could be a marketing department that needs to be able to process things a little bit better for their marketing needs or more automated for their website or their portal. Could be finance that needs automated reports, better data insight. You know, business intelligence has been around for a while as a buzzword, but you know, right. having really the right data from different disparate sources come in can be key for them to be able to make better decisions. 
Um, there could be operations as a big part of digital transformation. Where are the bottlenecks happening in the operational yeah. workflows that could be automated? And then for management to be able to collect all that and be able to see the benefits of digital tra transformation through better efficiencies, better data insight and uh, more automation, it helps the entire company. And so how does somebody begin um, to go back to your question is, I think it has to begin um, with the mindset at the executive level. This yeah, has yeah. to come from, from the, the top. top down. From the right. top down. The C-suite has to say, look, we can, we need to leverage technology to um, improve ourselves, either operationally mm -hmm. or with enhanced customer engagement, right? If it starts oh, yeah, at the definitely. top, then it's easy to empower the departments to say, um, look within your department, what can technology help to relieve some bottlenecks that you may have within your department? And then more importantly, cross-pollinate so that marketing can talk to IT or finance and say, we're having these issues. Right. How about you? What are issues? And then you start building a picture of a holistic solution that can um, help everybody. And then that, you know, when it starts at the top of the mindset, there has to be a commitment to investment. You've got to look yeah. at digital transformation as an investment, not a cost, because that's exactly what it is, because it'll take some time for it to pay off. But once it, oh, pays, yes. it pays for itself, the benefits that you reap from it will be phenomenal, right? In terms of yeah. uh, efficiencies yeah. and insights. 100%. And so when they're going through the digital transformation, then, I mean, what are some of the things that you think get overlooked by companies doing that digital transformation? I think the one thing that comes to mind is what I shared earlier, and that's the APIs, right? I mm -hmm. think a lot of times, so APIs typically, especially when you have to integrate with them and, and tie them together and all that, it's kind of a software development function. Many companies have IT departments that are very capable, but perhaps don't have software development skill sets within them. Right. And so I think understanding what's possible with APIs is a super important thing for um, management across the board in a company to say, oh, well, does this system have an API? And most systems these days do, right? I mean, even DocuSign has APIs that people integrate into Salesforce or whatever we, it is to we, automate the workflow. With Vision 33, I mean, we just made the commitment. We actually did it about a year ago. It just took us a while to figure out the workflows and, and process it, but we just integrated DocuSign into everything that we do. And we do not do uh, paper contracts anymore. Everything is 100% DocuSign, paperless, automating that whole process, except the first day, the first day that we implemented it, I had a customer that their headquarters was in Israel. And of course, they're like, what is DocuSide? No, we're only doing paper contracts. And, I, you know, I started off on the wrong foot. But uh, besides that one instance, uh, you know, it's been great. It makes it a lot easier. It makes sure our contracts get countersigned. It's really made, you know, the whole onboarding experience a lot easier because what happens then is, you know, we sign the documents, this is done, the payments reconciled. It, it starts all these other triggers for all these different workflows to happen that onboards a client with Vision 33. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's huge. I mean, we talk about all efficiencies. We work on uh, creating single sign-on systems for companies, you know, for their customers oh, yeah. logging into a portal, 
being able to single sign on to some backend systems, right? Talk about being able to unlock some data to share with the customer. Um, we've helped automation, I shared earlier with marketing departments where they have to do a lot of uh, manual processes to update their corporate sites where we can come in and create some uh, modules that do the automation for things to ripple out to the website automatically just by the click of a button, right? Yeah. And updating it from one thing on the back end. So I think, you know, I always tell my customers, if you're interested in digital transformation and you should be, make a wish list first of your pain points in your department or across the company. If you were yeah. to ask your employees, your team members, they'll easily come up with a list and say, you know, if I was able to do this, I'd, you know, I'd be able to free up uh, work on this. So the pain points of all the manual processes or the um, processes that are not integrated, right? Like the communication between cloud systems. So you start identifying the bottlenecks. Then yeah. you say, what will give us a competitive advantage to move faster, to process more, to automate more? And you start connecting the dots. And once you start building that picture, you don't have to take, you don't have to go up the mountain in one step. You pick the lowest hanging fruit and start building from there. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's amazing with the small items that you do, typically the management sees the benefits that uh, are coming out of it. And then they start investing more. And soon enough, they're able to go after their true business goals without right. any hindrances with, from technology. With that you know, you've got to start out with, with baby steps. Um, every time I say the word baby steps, it reminds me of that movie with uh, uh, Bill Murray. What about Bob? You know, because yeah. of the baby steps <laughs> book. But anyways, you know, you, you got to make sure, and we see this with our ERP world with business one as well too, to where companies, they want to bite off more than they can chew. They want to, hey, I want everything and I want it now. And that goes to digital transformation as well, too. I think a lot of companies, if they do that, what happens is maybe you're not setting yourself up for failure, but you're setting yourself up for a much harder time than it needs to be if you did it in more manageable bite-sized chunks. Absolutely. And what, what that provides, too, is you start learning more about the systems you're integrating and their possibilities. Mm -hmm. So then you can do even some more elegant, more sophisticated solutions with them. Right. 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 So with that then too, I wanted to ask most of the customers you get, are they going to be one-off type integrations? Are they going to be something that you're able to template uh, and roll out to multiple customers? I mean, how do you view that? Are you getting a lot of custom work? Is everything custom for you? The majority of it is, right? It depends, right? So for example, we, um, if there's some platforms, so I'll give you an example of one. We work, so our, our development team, our web, we have a web development team, a mobile development team, and a BI mm -hmm. team. Our web development team does a lot of uh, work with APIs, but they're also, we have specialists in a content management system called Sitefinity. Mm -hmm. And so that's for like big corporate websites that need automation and, and that kind of thing. We can leverage expertise between different uh, customers for certain modules there. But for the medical device company that has the two different cloud systems, it's unique to them the way they're doing business. Right. You can call that custom work, but I think that's what ends up giving them the competitive advantage. Because if it was right. an out of the box, the same for everybody, they lose a competitive advantage. Yeah, it's their secret sauce. That's it. That's it. Yeah. So, like one thing that that we noticed is 
with business one, you, you know, that focuses on companies that make or move products. So companies needing to be integrated to Shopify, to Amazon, services like that are quite frequent. But the thing is, is that, yeah, we have a plug and play connector that'll go from business one or Sage Intact or whatever to the other side of Amazon, Shopify, Magento, whatever it needs. But the process flows that are coming through are going to be usually pretty custom for each company. Like we have the four golden workflows that we usually give them as part of the service to start it off. But even with that, it only takes you so far because one company may view like, hey, I just need the shipment info. I just need the billing info. And that's all I want with Amazon. Other companies might want to bring in every single detail and go through this insane process. So it, it, I think for us, it's been the experience that it's usually like some sort of a mix between template and custom work for most of them. Yeah, and it'll vary uh, by customer. Yeah, sure. yeah. So, I mean, what do you think the biggest thing then that people can do to really reap the benefits with digital transformation? I mean, give us some more, we've talked about this throughout the whole show so far, but give us some more ideas as far as business intelligence, analytics, statistics, you know, those types of details, like what's really possible if they have integrations down? Oh, possibilities are endless, right? And I think what you'll find is, so, you know, I talk about API integrations and process automation. Mm -hmm. There are so many companies that either have disparate databases um, not only within their you know, organization directly, but also geographically uh, separated, right? And they don't have access to all the data in one place. And so that's a massive part that I'm seeing a lot of movement in and digital transformation. In fact, I spoke to a customer yesterday that um, they're working with an organization because they have 200 disparate databases that don't talk to each other. A data warehouse needs to be built to be able to connect the dots between all those databases and bring them into one place. So you can create a data yeah. lake and then a warehouse, and then you start getting valuable insight uh, versus you know whomever in management or CFO or uh, finance is getting like ten different reports to try and understand the picture right. of the business. You get all. So I mean, you're place. able to get real KPIs, key performance indicators that are actually real, you know, to date, um, actual information to make the decisions off of. And it has a lot less error than if you were running three different systems that didn't communicate with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. okay. Hey, this has been great. I actually think we may have done a better job than our first interview so far. <laughs> <laughs> Always take two is better than take one, right? Yeah, but who knows? Maybe I will uh, release that to the dark web one day as bonus footage so they can see the the mean green David Strausser talk. There you go. <laughs> so I guess as we start wrapping up here, um, a lot of businesses are out there struggling. We have this pandemic that just does not want to end. Can you speak to those business owners out there about digital transformation, integrations, anything like that? Uh, some words of advice of really where they can maybe get started, some low-hanging fruit? Absolutely. 
So uh, first of all, I know a lot of businesses have been impacted and so that um, puts an enormous amount of pressure on them to even think about digital transformation because they have to worry about day-to-day -day operations. Oh, so, yeah. right, and so that's definitely a challenge. But, you know, there are other companies that I see that are trying to increase their business within COVID. And so we've done a couple and are helping some other companies with, you know, digitizing their process flows. So yeah. I'll give you an example. We're working with the, the County of Santa Barbara Public Works Department and uh, specifically the surveyor there. Their business pre-COVID was that people walked in with big uh, reams of maps of paper uh, that have maps on them so that yeah, property yeah. lines could be redrawn. And so those have to be uh, taken in at the front desk. And then uh, a surveyor has to go through each piece of paper and, and, and figure out how things are done properly and then uh, right. redraw the lines and provide them back again. That was a project we discussed pre-COVID with them and designed it. But it turned out with COVID that they, you know, it would have a huge impact to actually digitize all that stuff. So now the solution is that anybody within the county can upload their maps online, surveys re receive them digitally, provide comments and give it all back, you know, to, to the um, customers. And so it avoids people coming in to the, um, to the office to drop off their maps and do things in person. So I think there's a lot of opportunities for companies and organizations to think about those things. We also work with uh, some um, uh, franchises in the food and beverage industry, right? Yeah. And so the no touch dine-in, the, the touchless deliveries, to be able to order online through a mobile app, those are all things that they've had in mind in the past, but now with COVID, mm -hmm. it brought it to the forefront. Like, yeah. How do you yeah. provide a, an easier way for customers to interact with you? And digital transformation yep. can help with that. You know, that's interesting that you said that. We just had on our show, well, it, it, it will publish before, right before this episode does, Mr. Jim of Mr. Jim's Pizza, which is a smaller franchise. And he was speaking to exactly what you were just saying there. And he said, luckily, back in 2006, we were ahead of the curve and we had uh, mobile ordering already ready since all the way back then. But as he said, ain't nobody used it until COVID <laughs> hit. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, so one of the, the restaurant franchises we're working with locally is a pizza chain as well. So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's great. So, hey, Michael, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for coming back on here. Got to ask you, how can all the fans of Shark Bite Biz out there get in touch with you? Oh, great. Well, um, I can be found on LinkedIn, uh, Michael Dawood, and I can send you that link if you'd like. Yep. And, or through our website, uh, vicesllc.com. It's V-I-S-U-S-L-L-C.com. And there's a contact us phone on there, and they can reach me that way as well. Perfect. And as always, I will have the links in the description below. Doesn't matter if you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Deezer, Google Podcasts, wherever you're at, it will have the links on there. Please make sure that you reach out to Michael. Michael, thank you again. And I will have you back another time once this pandemic ends to talk about how business looks in that time. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure and a lot of fun. So thanks for inviting yeah. me. Oh, no problem. Cheers. Wow, such a wonderful discussion with Michael, wasn't it? 
First, I've got to say, if you love this interview, okay, you got to remember what we're doing in Shark Bite Biz is helping business professionals, experts, managers, directors, small business owners, even young executives, anybody that's trying to grow professionally, anybody that's trying to grow personally, that wants to grow their business. We're trying to create a community of those people, bring you all along on this journey, this growth journey with me. And if you like that, please, please do us a favor, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button. And if you really want to do us a solid, okay, let's share this video, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can. Let's get Shark Bite Biz and Michael Dayud's Visus LLC out there trending. So one other thing I wanted to comment too is, wow, it's been crazy looking at the crypto market with everything, Wall Street bets, all that stuff, GameStop. I've been personally in Dogecoin, Dogecoin, whatever you want to call it. It's been skyrocketing like crazy. And Elon Musk, uh, you know, really pumping it up. The market has been hot, hot, hot. I've had a lot of fun doing it. I don't know what's been your experiences. Let us know in the description below. Now, let's get back to Michael, though, okay? Uh, so there's one thing I do love. It, I love talking about technology. I especially love talking about technology when it's with somebody as cool as Michael. And you all, you've seen a couple of my friends down the show. Actually, a lot of my friends have been on the show. Gotta admit, I have some pretty gnarly friends, right? <laughs> so one of the first topics we talked about was really important. Many companies have like best of breed SaaS solutions. Maybe you have HubSpot, Fishbowl, QuickBooks, ShipStation, all those, you know, smaller solutions, niche platforms that are out there to help you fill a specific need. Problem is all those uh, systems are out there separate, living on their own, and they don't always communicate together or maybe they don't communicate in the way that you want them to. And really what Michael was stressing about that type of stuff is the importance and the ease of mind of getting them all to communicate with each other. Having systems talk to each other via seamless integration with defined workflows is really critical for success in business these days. Why pay someone uh, that is just dedicated to filling out Excel spreadsheets checking for errors and stuff like that, instead of being more efficient and allowing an automated integration to take its place and just transfer that data automatically. You know, that's allowing your employee really to focus on driving profit, driving revenue in growing your business. The other part of the digital transformation that sometimes is overlooked is truly unlocking those workflows, okay? Those, you know, when I say workflow, think about those things, the process that you have something go through, like from the minute that you get a brand new sales order in until it is packed, shipped out the door. Okay. How much of those things can you automate, especially the transfer of knowledge between departments? So really figuring that out and having strong, good, solid workflows is key. And like Michael was saying, 
the marketing on the one company this is that he was given an example marketing was seamlessly able to update things on their website whenever they updated stuff in another portion another system it, it seamlessly just pushed it all through so that way those marketing people didn't have to double triple quadruple post things where it's very prone for errors and takes a heck of a lot of time Lastly, Michael was explaining how he also has digitized workflows for businesses like he did for out there. I think it was Santa Barbara County digitizing stuff that really just made their lives easier by allowing them to upload and then comment back and forth during this design process with different maps and stuff like that. I mean, you, you would think you know, 2021, that stuff's a no-brainer. That's how it should be. But a lot of government institutions, even a lot of private companies, they just are not set up with that ease, you know, to make the workflows, make the processes as easy as possible. And what Michael was telling us with this story, I mean, just another example of some of the really cool stories that are coming out with digital transformation. So discussion point of the day is what integration have you done that has made your life easier? Discuss below on YouTube. Love to see other those comments. Remember, hit that like, hit that subscribe button, share this video out. And lastly, do you want to be a guest in the show? Do you got a good business story you want to tell? You want to tell us how you rock out during this global pandemic and reinvented yourself, reinvented your business, whatever it may be, shoot me an email, david at sharkbitebiz.com. I am inundated with emails. It may take me a minute to get back, but I will get every single one of you on the show out here. Once again, I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Bite Biz, and we'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story.